you, Chair. Uh, this is the same bill that we heard in the last committee meeting. It preempts local governments from establishing a minimum wage, establishing terms and conditions of employment. It also preempts the regulation of workplace heat exposure requirements all to the state. All right, this is Tiffany Esposito. She is a House Republican. This is HB 433. And uh, this discussion was is very interesting to me, and I wanted to feature it for you because I love a good demonstration of good or bad logic that I can teach you from. <laughs> and this is one of those, this is really interesting because the basics of the bill are you have local cities, uh, I guess all cities are local, <laughs> you have cities and counties that are setting requirements for people that do business with them that are more restrictive than what the state requires because they're trying, you know, it might be like a, a city saying, you know, we're only going to work with you if you have a, an internal ban on single-use plastics. Because that'd be an issue of importance to a city. In this case, you know, setting limits on uh, you got to have certain requirements about heat exposures. I, I don't understand that one. I'm not getting into, it, but that's just one of them. Uh, but the other one is like a minimum wage that you know we are not going to contract with you in our city if you don't pay your workers a minimum wage of say eighteen dollars an hour. For example, is something that a city might do, and I think in some cases is maybe even tried. And so she says, yeah, but we preempt the minimum wage to the state, and we're also going to preempt cities and counties away from being able to set those limits in its contractor contracting. So uh, that's the bill, okay? But she gets herself into a lot of trouble here, and this is where this is one of those cases where she's a Republican running a bill that I would otherwise generally agree with, but she's a good example of bad reasoning, and I'll show you why in just a second. I, I think one of the things that – would be slightly misinterpreted in this bill, in this thought process of will wages decline, is this the free market. If you go and try to hire staff for any industry right now, you cannot find anything for under $15 an hour. Yeah, right. I mean, you get pretty much any job you want to find is going to be 15 bucks an hour, right? And certainly even more so South Florida. Okay, that claim is going to come back to Biter in just a second, because one of the objections against this bill is, well... If you take away these governments creating sort of contractual minimum wages, the people who work for those companies are going to make less money. And I am against minimum wages. I do not like them. I like prefer the free market. But, okay, that's the argument. They say you're going to cut wages because free companies will be free to no longer have to pay as much, right? And she says... In order to find qualified employees, employers are already paying $15 an hour. So could wages go down? Maybe. It's up to the prerogative of the employer. Will they be able to... Hire people at a lower wage, at a twelve dollars an hour, probably not. Meaning that the market has already exceeded the minimum wage, and people aren't going to be paid less because the market's already above whatever people are setting. That's what she's getting at. Okay, she says that. In comes Joe Costello, Democrat, in the House. What made you bring this bill forward? What was the what was the outlaying cause that we needed this to preempt all cities' uh, ordinances? We talk a lot in this in this body and in this legislature about affordable housing. We talk about living wage. We talk about the cost of living, specifically in South Florida. And as we talk about all of these things and we look at the way that local governments are, are requiring employers to pay more and pay maybe more than what the market can allow, and we're requiring them to offer a certain amount of benefits, all that's doing is driving up the cost of doing business, which ultimately ends on the consumer. So if we want to reduce the cost of living and we want to reduce the cost to the taxpayer, we need to make sure that we we make decisions like this in order to keep our cost of living down. Okay. So we've, right? 
Governments are imposing higher wages, and that's driving up the cost of things. We're trying to cut costs. We're trying to cut, make it cheaper for the consumer, right, is the idea. Do you see the tension yet? Do you see that she's contradicted herself? Because she has. And Joe Casella is going to point it out, and it's going to be brutal. Through your uh, own admission just a little while ago, you said it would be hard to find help at a lower wages than what they are now. So how does this preemption help that situation as far as getting projects done? Right? You can't wind up letting, getting the consumer to pay less unless wages actually go down. But if you're already in, unable to find labor, even at a number that's higher than the local minimum wage requirement, lowering the minimum wage requirement isn't going to affect anything. I mean, you can say in theory, oh, yeah, it's still only 12 bucks an hour or 10 bucks an hour. But if you can't find people under 15 bucks an hour, you might as well set it at a penny. It doesn't matter. People aren't coming to work. And you will not be able to cut costs. You see? You see the problem? And I think maybe she saw the problem, too, because she gives a really, really bad answer here. Ready? So how does this preemption help that situation as far as getting projects done? The market will solve that problem. Um, but could you explain your work? <laughs> could you say just a little bit more about how your blind faith in the market is actually going to solve for the logical paradox you've worked yourself into here? Ranking member, do you have any additional yes, follow-up? Can you tell me how that would work? <laughs> Uh, and the chair kind of jumps in here and says, we're running out of time because it's Republican chair, Tyler Soroy. And she comes back and says, I think a free market approach is the, the best approach for any business decision. I'm, I am a free market supporter through and through. And I think that this bill is doing just that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but you can't claim that the free market has already put wages up to 15 minimum for people just without a law and also say that you're going to cut the cost of doing business by lowering the minimum wage well below the rate at which anybody is willing to work. So you do have to acknowledge the sort of realities of the situation here. 437-1620. And I just bring that up as a this is what's going on in, in the House. And it was an entertaining conversation. It's a good exercise to learn how to reason and, you know, to recognize when you've oh, I've been outmaneuvered here. Crap. Because, <laughs> you know, it does happen. 717 on News Radio 923. Jake's got traffic for us. Jake. Mm. All right. If you're on uh, I-10 headed towards Pine Forest eastbound. Uh, we're going to have some slowdown on the exit ramp getting on to uh, onto Pine Forest from 10 there from a, a, a fender bender earlier. Um, uh, a bumper have, thumper. A bumper thumper. We got, we yeah, got thank somebody you. Yeah, texted in that suggestion. That's, That's a good one. That's great. Uh, 87 South just past Hickory Hammock Road. We have a disabled vehicle and FHP is on the scene there. Also, I-10 westbound at Avalon Boulevard. The power is out in that area, so all the traffic lights at I-10 and Avalon Boulevard are out, so just use caution in that area. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. If you are 64 turn 65 and you're going to change how insurance works for you, you're going to go from traditional private insurance or employer insurance to Medicare, well, it can be a little bit, you know, overwhelming. You can feel like people are calling me, people are emailing me, people are sending me letters. Ah, they're making it seem like it's a big thing. It's not a big thing. It's actually pretty easy. But if you have questions, it can seem because it's, it's new, right? 
call my friend Ricky Stewart. She's got an insurance agency where this is like her whole family does insurance. This is the one slice of it that she does is helping people transition to Medicare. You got questions about Advantage, about Supplement, about Medicaid, if that applies to you. All of that stuff, prescription drugs, all of that. Call her. She's great. You're going to, when you talk to her, you're going to be like, you didn't even tell me the half of how good she is. I know, because I can't. You just have to experience her for yourself. She's fantastic. 341-2185 for Ricky Stewart Insurance. Oh. Here's today's Strength for Life with your host, Pastor James C. Johnson. Do you desire appreciation? Do you find yourself full of anxiety and frustration when you've served people humbly, yet it seems they've completely taken you for granted? Certainly, if you've served in such a way, people should be thankful and they should express their appreciation. However, it's unhealthy and unwise for any of us to crave appreciation from others. The fact is, people are generally consumers. They will often consume your service and move on to the next thing in their lives. The key is to serve others as unto the Lord. Do your service thoroughly and humbly as if you're serving God himself. Lay up your treasures in heaven. Man's approval and appreciation is way overrated. And frankly, God's approval is way undersought. That was James C. Johnson. He serves as the pastor of North Stone Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. For more Strength for Life, please visit our website, strengthforlife.church. It's a new year and that means new savings on your next Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports. Remember 0% financing? Well, it's returned to Pete Moore Imports and is now available on all 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan and Taos crossover models. In addition to 0% financing, Pete Moore Imports is discounting those models like the 2023 Taos SE, now from $31,245, and the 2023 Tiguan SE R-Line, now from $34,791. Both discounted models offer 0% financing for 60 months. And with the new year comes the 2024 Atlas SE, now from $38,696, and the 2024 Atlas Cross Sport SE from $37,361. Start saving this month at Feedmore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Feedmore Imports is on New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rate for qualifying credit through BCI. Sale price before tag, tax title, and associated dealer fees. Must take delivery by February 29, 2024. See dealer for details. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $10 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. W-2s and 1099s are being sent out, and scammers are posing as both employees and employers to collect Social Security and bank account information. Be wary of requests asking to change address or bank information through email alone. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. The Pensacola housing real estate market has been crazy for the past few years. How do you know what to buy or sell? You will need an expert to help you. Tune into the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9 a.m. to hear real estate expert Christina Leavenworth with Levin Rinky Realty discuss current real estate conditions. That's today at 9 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm gonna call her. Diane Court doesn't go out with guys like you. She's a brain. Trapped in the body of a game show hostess.
Good morning, 722 News Radio 92.3 cold, still below freezing, but the sun is up and, uh, you know, you might not have very long to try the uh, home ice rink. You, you, I mean, if, you, if you've got the appropriate surface and you're willing to pour some hot water out on your sidewalk or your driveway and, uh, you know, have a little bit of fun with the kids or the back patio, then, uh, then do it early because later it'll be too warm. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, I came into work this morning and I tried out a little tiny patch of ice uh, on the road around the circle drive around um, University Mall. And it was, um, it was a little bit of fun for this 52-year-old early in the morning this morning. I'm out there skating on the ice in my tennis shoes at uh, 5 a.m. That's that's good stuff. 723. That's a, that's as much Midwest as I want to have, frankly, right there. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Writer E. Jean Carroll is expected to take the stand today in the defamation damages trial against Donald Trump. Uh, Manhattan jury will determine how much Trump has to pay Carroll for defamation in 2019. The Biden administration and the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau are unveiling some new regulations for overdraft fees that are expected to go into effect next year in 2025. Uh, Banks will now have to choose between offering overdraft loans for profit or a courtesy service. It's expected to drop fees by 50%. And the World Health Organization says the number of adult tobacco users is on the decline. We have 19 million less smokers than we had two years ago. That is the first time that we see such a decline. That is uh, the WHO's Dr. Rudiger crash, and uh, they say the biggest (laughs) decrease in tobacco use is happening in low- to middle-income countries. But you know, the way you hear him talk... It's very much like the man running the camp in the Hogan's Heroes, you know? <laughs> well, now you can't unhear you can't it, can unhear. you? Come on, it's not just me. You know you were thinking it. Yes, I'm at the WHO, but I know nothing. <laughs> That's good news. It really is good news. But accents are funny. Uh, was that it, David? That's all I've all got right, for thanks, now. Man. 725 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If you're thinking about that next vehicle, Frontier Motors is a great place to buy it. They have about 300 cars, trucks, vans, sedans, SUVs, Jeeps on the lot. And you can bar, you can you kind of like buffet shop, like each one side by side. You can sample a bunch of them and then decide which one you want to drive a little bit more or whatever, and then pick the one you love. And if you might find something that's almost exactly what you want, but not quite, and you can tell them, hey, this is what I really want. Can you go try to find it? And they will. They will. But if they happen to have it there, the good news is you don't have to go from this place to that place to that place to try four or five different cars and then try to remember what was it. They're all right there next to each other. Very convenient. Serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big Buffalo with good quality used cars, one, two, three years old, low miles, in great condition. The kind of car you buy and you can count on and then you can drive for a while. Frontier Motors, uh, be sure to tell them that Andrew McKay says, hey. Uh, school's out today in Escambia County only. Scared? I mean, it's a late start in Baldwin. Everybody else, Santa Rosa, Okaloosa, PSC, UWF, Escambia, Alabama is all starting regular. Um, I generally defer. I generally give deference to the school district when they make these decisions for storms and things because i think safety first i I say no on this one (laughs) it's just gonna be cold just cold now maybe there's a school that would have pipes issues or something like that that you know about and maybe you close the school or something like that but just to generally say no everybody stay home because it's going to be 20 degrees uh, for those of us who are from the midwest you're kind of like come on now there'd be this you don't need to not necessary. So yeah, I wouldn't say that was uh, I, I wouldn't say that was the right decision in this case. Uh, but you know, 
Uh, I understand what the reasoning is, but especially given that so many other local areas did not close for today, you kind of look at them and say, hmm, hmm, okay. Uh, Jake's got our traffic on the files. Jake? All right, I got a quiz question here for you. So if you get to this a traffic yes. Oh, all right. If you get to a traffic light and the power is out in the area and there's no light at all, there's no flashing, there's no blinking, it's just completely out, and you've got a four-way intersection there, how do you proceed? As, as fast a- as you like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Four-way stop. Come four to a complete stop. stop exactly. Observe the intersection yeah. as if it's four stop signs. That's yes. right. Somebody texted in on our traffic tip line. Can you please remind the drivers that no power to a light to a traffic signal means proceed as a four-way stop so thank you uh pine forest at i-10 we have a fender bender there from earlier three vehicles pulled off to the side of the road i'm, I'm still not sure on the direction of that uh, if anybody has eyes on that let me know if that's uh, uh eastbound westbound uh, 87 south just past hickory hammock road we have a disabled vehicle fhp is on the scene there and um, otherwise looking around town 98 through gulf breeze and navarre is flowing smoothly and it looks like uh, Highway 90 out of Milton through Pace is looking good as well. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, let me know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Uh, oh, somebody here says, uh, in, in contrast to my soft criticism of the Escambia County School District for closing school today, somebody says, uh, school closing should be an attempt at a humanitarian effort to be compassionate towards children. There's a huge percentage of children in the area who have never owned a coat because of questionable parenting tactics. Uh, somebody else says improper clothing for cold at bus stops. Uh, some of the students in Escambia County, especially the northern side, uh, had to ride the bus for almost an hour to get to school. Yeah, I understand. I understand. And yet I would still say, okay, that closing school for just cold is probably not appropriate at this temperature. It's right around freezing. Oh, it's definitely unpleasant. I mean, it's definitely unpleasant. And I will credit the texter with this. Um, I tend to react to things from the perspective of a fairly well-off, middle-class white guy with the family who's got cars and coats. You know what I mean? And I get that even if you're not poor, you may have just never bought a coat in Florida. <laughs> that certainly can be true. Uh, but, you know, just put a few extra layers on. So, And I, I am more sympathetic to the – it's a little bit contemptuous. And I don't particularly love that, but – you know, the you see the post on social media about how what we did when we were kids and what you do today and the kind of soft handling of kids and not letting them struggle and suffer and be a little bit, you know, I don't think anybody's out there getting frostbite today, okay? It can be cold, and that's unpleasant. Well, Andrew, that's so hard. Well, okay. How much accommodation do you make for the entire school district for the perhaps significant number of children who don't have appropriate winter attire? That's, I mean, that's probably the reason. I haven't asked the school district or Keith Leonard, but I, I would guess that's probably the reason it was more that than safety on the roads and buses. So, 437 Let's see. Uh, you can't make up for a past uh, botched closing by closing today. <laughs> well, and sometimes that happens too, right? That's the, the Skanska effect. We'll move the barges out anytime there's wind now, right? Uh, oh, this is an interesting note. Somebody says, our school buses don't have adequate heat on them because we're in Florida worried about students standing in the bus and then in 19 degree weather and getting on a bus it's not much warmer than that um portables not having heating is also an uh, an issue as well that, now that's interesting if the portables don't have enough heating provided that's the outside buildings you know the, the shacks that they do school in that's an interesting one i hadn't been thinking about that fox news i'm chris foster i know that new hampshire will 
Never let us down. It's another day of campaigning in New Hampshire today for former President Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Nikki Haley. She said what will happen next is up to the state's voters. Don't complain about what happens in a general election if you don't play in this primary. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis took a detour before New Hampshire to South Carolina. Here we've got a, we've got a good footprint, uh, but I think you're going to see us be present more. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. Iran launches more airstrikes a day after firing missiles into Iraq and Syria. The latest targets were in Pakistan, bases for a militant Sunni Muslim separatist group. Pakistan's government says the attack was a blatant violation of its airspace and that two children were killed. Fox's Jonathan Savage, Pakistan has pulled its ambassador out of Iran and banned Iran's ambassador from coming back into Pakistan. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 731 at News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. Right now, it is a cold morning here and all across the state. Today, right now, 19 degrees, partly cloudy skies in Pensacola. Uh, we do have some school closures. This Well, Escambia County schools are closed today. Otherwise, schools across the area are open. Santa Rosa, Baldwin, and Escambia, Alabama schools are all open. Baldwin starting at 10 a.m. UWF and PSC open as well today. Escambia County public schools now have a permanent superintendent. Uh, last night, the school board did vote to give Keith Leonard that job. He'd been serving as the interim superintendent since last May. The board voted unanimously to approve Leonard for the position. Chairperson uh, Patty Hightower negotiating a new contract for him. FDOT and local city and county crews were busy yesterday. They were getting all the roads and bridges ready to make them safe today with the sub-freezing temperatures. Uh, they say icy roads are a concern, whether it was raining or not, just because of the temperature. As we travel across the blacktop onto bridges, which is made of concrete, uh, those tend to ice over quicker. It's a little bit more porous uh, concrete than asphalt, and you can lose traction just by transitioning from the highway to the bridge top, and that's where a lot of crashes happen. That is FHP's Lieutenant Jason King, who talked with Channel 3. There's another direct service flight being added at the Pensacola International Airport. Mayor D.C. Reeves says starting in March, Silver Airways is adding nonstop service to Palm Beach and continued service available to the Bahamas. I mentioned that when, when Delta went, uh, provided nonstop to LaGuardia. Is it's not only the service itself, it's the symbol that people are investing and continuing to invest in our airport and see they see through their metrics uh, that this is a place that they want to be and they want to continue to provide service. Reeves says that 2023 was a record year for foot traffic at the Pensacola Airport. About 2.73 million passengers went through the gates last year compared to 2.45 million in 2022. That amounts to uh, about 12% growth. Well, more money in the state's coffers than expected. The state's revenue estimating conference announcing yesterday that Florida took in over $2 billion more than they had previously thought. That money can be applied to this year or next year's budgets. A state official says uh, most of that increase comes from a 4% increase in sales tax revenue due to inflation driving up prices over the last year. Lawmakers are now trying to restrict the use of artificial intelligence in political advertising. Republican Senator Nick DeSegle is sponsoring SB 850. That would make it a misdemeanor to use generative AI in an ad without a disclaimer that it was created with AI. The bill passed a Senate committee yesterday. DeSegle does say it needs some clarification, but 
He says that can come as the process unfolds. Well, as the war now surpasses 100 days in Israel, the Florida House taking up a bill dealing with anti-Semitism. HB 187 is filed by Representative Mike Gottlieb of Davie. He wants to put a definition of anti-Semitism into state law. To assist in the monitoring and reporting of anti-Semitic hate crimes, monitoring and reporting, and, and discrimination, and to make residents aware of and to combat such incidents in this state. And he says he wants to... Uh, get rid of false misleading statements made about Jews so that misinformation is not spread. It's 735 at News Radio and let's get a look at our traffic on the fives with Jake. I don't know that that song You're So Vain just pops into my head. I don't know why. It's just, it's just right there as soon as you're reading that story. Uh, the only thing we have around town right now is I-10 westbound at Avalon Boulevard. Uh, if you're merging onto Avalon Boulevard there, actually in all directions really there, the traffic light is out from a power outage in the area, so just treat that as a four-way stop. I'm not really seeing a whole lot of slowdown from that, but uh, just uh, just use caution at that intersection. Otherwise, around town, 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace this morning. No accidents reported there. And uh, Highway 29 south through Cantonment, no issues reported there. If you do see anything out there slowing you down, call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. We are going to be seeing a very cold start to the day. Temperatures starting off in the teens and 20s, feeling much cooler as you go through the afternoon. Sunny skies high near 46 degrees. Another cold night tonight. Temperatures dropping into the 30s, 34 degrees for your low. And then by Thursday, warming up with 60 degrees and a 30% chance of rain. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 19 degrees across the area. The wind chill taking that down to about 16 or so right now. Our next news at 8, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Corporate debt default soared last year and could be a problem again in 2024. 153 companies total failed to make required payments in their debt in 2023, which is an 80% increase from the 85 businesses in 2022. It was the highest default rate outside of the COVID-related spike in 2020 in seven years. Many of the corporations falling behind are in media and entertainment. Oil prices have fallen by more than $1 so far today as economic growth in China slightly missed expectations. Brent crude futures fell 1.6% to 77.03 per barrel. U.S. Texas intermediate crude fell 1.9% to 71.05 per barrel. Officials remain concerned over the future prices of oil due to the ongoing conflicts in the Red Sea, forcing tankers to pause or reroute commercial vessels, increasing sipping costs. Futures are slightly lower. That's your money now. Let's be honest. Nobody likes taxes, but they are necessary to maintain roads, support schools, and fund public services. Wouldn't it be great if someone else paid our taxes? In Escambia County, they do. Our beautiful community draws millions of visitors who spend over a billion dollars each year. The taxes they pay help lower the tax burden for locals. Tourism works for all residents and businesses in Escambia County. This message brought to you by Visit Pensacola. 
As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate, managing staff, growing your business, training new hires and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. An IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, submitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Your only tactic is you're the one most willing to walk away. Well, that's not a good tactic when you're procuring state funds. I need to know that you actually care about the project. The mayor could take out a pink crayon right on a kitchen napkin, say, I will take the land if the state funds seven eight million dollars in the budget for acquiring the land. And that would be satisfactory. That was Friday. Alex Andrade, state representative for District 2, who's one of the two key people working on the funding request for the Baptist demolition, securing 7 or $8 million of state funding. And, of course, Doug Brock's on the Senate side is the other one. And he was saying to Mayor D.C. Reeves, um, I just need you to promise to take ownership of the land. That's what I need. I need that simple statement. Anything will do. I uh, haven't gotten that yet. And I've said, look, I understand why the mayor is reluctant because costs could spi- uh, spike and it's, you know, we could discover other things in there that we don't know we're going to have to take care of. And he's reluctant to put the city on the hook for it. But if he can't say that, then Alex is saying it's going to be harder to get the money. They're going to have to do it a different way. So I wanted to ask him about this. Joining us now from D.C., the District of Columbia, uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves, the city of Pensacola. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so I heard everything you said yesterday, and I know you don't want to bicker about this via the media. Sorry, here we go. Uh, <laughs> yep. But is, if the state gives you the money, is the city agreeing to take ownership of the property? Here's where we are right now. As I said, first of all, let's talk about the word commitment because that keeps getting thrown around. Who's committed? As we sit here this morning, as I told, as I told the media yesterday, the only money committed was a request by me that would still require us to take the land. That was $5 million HUD CDBG grant. No one else, not Baptist, not the county, uh, not the city CRA, uh, no one else has actually committed dollars to this project except for the city. That's number one. Number two is what we know is this is going to be a multi-year project, years of time. Uh, Bayou District Foundation that we're really benchmarking as as what right looks like, took, they're 15 years in right now with 500 units. So uh, the idea that the city isn't committed, I mean, it, this is not just about dollars. This is about – this is the mayor and the city signing up for years and years of bandwidth and time and energy because we believe it's worthwhile. And we walk the walk. And so uh, you know, I, this is about semantics of will they take it or will they not. Well, it's not a yes or no question. 
what I have said and what I've maintained with our delegation, all of our delegation, including uh, Representative Andrade, is that no, uh, the city it is not responsible for the city to take a half-funded project. So uh, if it's sixteen and a half million, that's our best guess right now to, to abate and demo the buildings. Then no, I, then I'm going to be honest and transparent and say that it's only seven million dollars, and no one else steps up. Baptist City County, and no one if the stack isn't there, then no. But what we really should be focusing on is not again bickering because we're not getting the right language in the media. What we really should be doing is let's go hustle up to sixteen and a half. I'm certainly invested in that, and there's there's really only been this confusion with this one. Uh, part of our delegation. I, I, we talk with Senator Broxton's office every day, if not every other day at, at, the, at the least. Uh, we are all aligned. Representative Salzman, we're all aligned. Baptists, we're all aligned. Baptists drafted this agreement. Um, I mean, they were the originator of this uh, donation agreement that's been in question. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, we need all of the support. We need Representative Andrade support. We need Senator Broxton support. And we're not going to start now, um, again, bickering about and, and dividing what should be a transformational project for the city. So, so we're going to continue to forge ahead. Everybody I, knows where we've stood for months and months on this issue, um, and we're going to continue to push forward. So I, I hear all of that, but I also heard you say no. And the only, and I'm not saying you're wrong for saying that, because you said I, if I can't get the funding, then I can't commit to take the ownership of the property, which I understand the reasoning. I'm not, you know, I know, I know what Alex has said very clearly, and I know what I think you have now said very clearly. And the only thing I'm bummed about is, I was hoping we could fix it today, and <laughs> we could be done. It sounds like we're well, not done, and so y'all are going to need to figure this out. And you know, I mean, okay, so be it. Of, this is a matter of, this is a matter of preference, uh, as he said on the same interview, uh, your interview. Hey, we're going to find the funding through some other mechanism. So, yeah. which begs the question: Well, then let's be aligned and let's go get this done. I mean, and this is not so. So, look. If I were going to be dishonest about it, what would stop me from saying, yeah, we're going to take it, and then we end up not getting enough money and say, oops, we didn't, we didn't get enough money. I, I just want to be honest. And, oh, no, I, I, and, and, I, and, and I agree with and, the fact that I, I commend you for being – I mean, I know you didn't answer me no right when I first asked you the question. Um, right. But, you know, I, you, you have said what your position is, and I, you know, I respect that because that's, as you say, it's not making the false promise that you're not willing to follow through on, and I think – that's that's always a good indicator. Um, so, I, you know, so right. I appreciate that. And certainly I don't think the level of and I like what you said yesterday about if the county wants to take this on, uh, if they want to be responsible for it, that you have no problem with that as well. Um, that if, if that's a better way to do it, you're willing to do that because you want to see the project happen. And I know that's that's where you're at on it. Uh, we're talking to D.C. Reeves, well, the mayor of Pensacola. Uh, hang on for just a second, Mr. Mayor. We're going to get right back to you with but traffic on the fives first. Okay, I'm not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents uh, out there to report. I-10 westbound at Avalon Boulevard, or actually any direction if you're trying to get onto Avalon Boulevard this morning. The light is out from a power outage there, so just treat that as a four-way stop. But otherwise, around town, we're looking great. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. I did want to ask you, you're in D.C. at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, and this is not your first time, uh, but what is happening at the conference right now? And maybe just give people a you know 30 seconds of why this is valuable, in addition, of course, to you traveling to your sure. namesake city. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, yeah, I actually just walked out of the, uh, the really the start of the conference with all the new uh, the first time mayors that have been here. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it, this is really a, a collection of, of you know, people who uh, there are not a lot of people that are live in the same uh, situation, deal with the same issues that like that, uh, you know, that you can lean on and really learn best practices from. And, you know, as an example, the, the push that we have with Amtrak 
was really born from me being here last year and meeting with the CEO of Amtrak and, and the head of the Federal Rail Administration about, you know, those ID grant programs and things like that. So um, I've got a meeting about how you uh, take care in, uh, of uh, veterans and veterans programs uh, within a city that's in an hour. So obviously very pertinent to us. Um, so it's it's uh, it's very valuable, not only from a connection standpoint, to be able to, you know, meet these mayors and get them on the phone when and when we need to learn something or, or improve something, but as well as just the content here uh, really uh, is valuable for us and, and, and allows us to take some things back home that uh, that maybe we weren't thinking of uh, and, and that can make this a better city. So, uh, yeah. so, yeah, it's very, very valuable and certainly uh, been looking forward for the rest of the week. Yeah, hey, it's a Stephen Covey uh, sharpening the sword, you know, and that's a that's a good thing to all and also getting other creative input. I always appreciate that. That's a good thing. Uh, one of the maybe lesser observed items on the agenda, I had meant to ask you about this last week and I just didn't get a chance to. You mentioned yesterday in the press conference, I think it's fascinating, 30 new overhead airport signs at Pensacola International Airport for a price tag of a quarter of a million dollars. Are signs that expensive? Uh, look, Andrew, I've been the mayor for 14 months. Everything is that expensive. <laughs> when, right when I think I know what something costs, it, it's more. But, you know, the the reality is uh, this is one of those things. I mean, I feel that, like we have a jail, don't we? Can't they make signs? No, no. <laughs> I know that's not how that works, but go ahead. I, I don't know how that works. But, uh, what, but look, I mean, I, this is where I can't ever take that customer service hat off, you know, when you've been in the hospitality business. Is, you know, and, and, again, the department directors are tired of hearing me saying, what does the customer see? Uh, well, what the customer sees right now is, is faded signs that are illegible uh, when you come in and out of our airport. So uh, this is something that Matt and, and, and they do a great job of when there's a need or a, a process improvement or a, a literal, a tangible improvement that they do a great job of jumping on it. So the reason it's that cost is we're talking about the big overhead signs that, that, that you drive under coming in and out of the airport. And uh, right now they're cracked. You can't really, again, literally you can't read some of them. Um, and what I worry about more than anything is here's that, per- that first time typical visitor that comes in and what does the customer see? What, what message does it send? Uh, you know, if, if we have you know, signs that look like that, that have some kind of lack of care. So, um, so we jumped on it and, and uh, we, you know, that's, that's the reason for the cost because we're talking about some big, big signs and a lot of them. Uh, but I think uh, it'll give a much better impression for our residents and our visitors uh, coming out of here. And and what's the use of signs that you can't read, Andrew? I don't know what you do with them. So you know, let's have ones that you can read. I got you. I said just I, it was purely just the price. I'm like, wow, ten thousand dollars a piece uh, almost. That's um, that just seems like a lot. But I, you know, I'm not in the market to make or replace or bid against. So I, you know. What, what do I know? Uh, last thing is um, the uh, Malcolm Young gym. You came back yesterday with more information that you'd be two, 250 to 300 just to find out what the cost would be to get it back into shape. And so you think the uh, demolition is going to wind up getting approved now? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and again, I, I think this is a lesson for us. This is another unfortunate tangible lesson of lack of care and and you know yeah. we also had as you you may have heard as we talked about cop center and cop center's on its way and are we going to learn our lesson you know are we going to say well for, for the lack of care the lack of maintenance for 20 years has us in a position that we have to demolish what could be a valuable gymnasium you know valuable square footage for us uh, are we going to learn our lesson and, and jump on this issue at Cobb? and i hope when we look back and whoever the next mayor is can look back and say Hey man, I'm sure glad we jumped on that and didn't put, you know, that mayor in a position that I'm in right now, which is, and that's not one mayor's fault or one council's fault. Sure. It's just the general culture of a lack of maintenance over years and years of time that uh, 
has, you know, I'm, I, we have kids coming to this saying we want to use the gym. I'm like, look, I played basketball my whole life. I, I totally love that and respect that. But that doesn't take away the situation that we're in, which is this is a, a totaled, untenable fix-up situation that we'd be better off going and acquiring a gym than we would to try to fix a 62-year-old facility. So, so I hate to be the bearer of bad news yet again in these maintenance issues, uh, but that's just the reality that we're in, and, and I think it's the right step forward. And the glass half-full, what will replace that is some housing that, that if you look at what the city has asked me when, when we poll them, uh, that number one is homeless reduction. Number two is, is housing. So uh, we are solving, you know, we forget about that in this conversation because it gets very spirited. But at the end of the day, the replacement is something that is much more needed according to our community uh, of what they want. So uh, we should be in a better place long term. We always like to end with the lightning round. Uh, first one is um, what would you describe as your perfect bagel? It was National Bagel Day the other day. What is the DC Reeves Ooh. ideal bagel composition topping? Whatever you want, to, whatever you want to put on there, or nothing at all. Uh, you know what? I'd I'd say uh, I, I'd probably say salt. If it, can I add sausage to it? I guess I, I want to do that. Uh, sure. Everything bagel, a little bit of cream cheese, cream cheese, a little cheddar, maybe some turkey or some sausage. That's I, I'm going full breakfast sandwich. Sausage and the cream cheese. I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. Um, hey man, you gotta fill up. You gotta fill up for a busy day, you know. Right, right. Um, is there a TV show that you didn't watch that everybody else loved that you feel I either missed out or I feel maybe guilty I didn't I didn't watch that when other people were watching it? Oh, easy one, Game of Thrones. It, it got too far. It uh-huh. got too far away from me. You know, too many seasons, too much of a time commitment. And then now I have to hear everybody talk about it all the time. And, yeah, and then it becomes yeah, like work. That, that's definitely the one. I got you. Hodor. Um, and then the, the last one is, in a movie, what's the best car chase that you've ever seen? What's your favorite car chase scene in a movie? Anything spring to mind? Oh, man. No, nothing comes to mind. I mean, you know, the first thing I think of is, uh, you know, something like overly cheesy, like uh, Fast and Furious, which not because that's the best. but just You watch you that, your mouth. That that's not overly cheesy. That's perfectly <laughs> realistic action. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for such a sacrilegious that's uh, right. watch uh, it. comment. But um, uh, no, no, nothing comes to mind. I, you know, I'm sorry. I don't have a, uh, I should have something at the ready for that. That's I'll, all right. I'll, Every I'll once in a while, I catch you, you I'll catch you on, but you know, Fast and Furious is an okay go-to. That's fine. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the 90-mile runway in Russia is a funny scene, regardless of what you think about its realism. It's not. Uh, D.C. Reeves is our mayor for Pensacola. He's in uh, Washington, D.C. at the uh, U.S. Conference of Mayors, learning things and bringing back those ideas. Mayor, thanks so much for the time. We'll look forward to the meeting tomorrow night, and then we'll look forward to the uh, talking to you next week. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. 752 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you have a plumbing issue, and boy, I hope you don't because of the freeze, but if you do, Barberry Plumbing, they will take care of you. They'll come out. It'll be flat rate pricing, so they'll tell you the cost before the work is done, not afterwards, based on the time it took. And uh, like I said, I hope you don't need them, but if you do need a plumber, then you need a good one, and they're a good one. 477 8782 for Barberry Plumbing. How many times has a paid-by-the-hour repairman come to your home to do repair and seems to be working awfully slow? Ah! After all, the longer they work, the more you pay. And when they're finally done, you get the bill. 
It's dangerous to give a repairman a blank check because your bill could be much larger than expected. That's why Barberry Plumbing uses a flat rate pricing system. You'll know exactly to the penny what you'll pay before the work begins. No questions, no surprises, no high bills. You get Barberry Plumbing's team of radio dispatched uniform professional service technicians. They can handle any plumbing repair or replacement job you need, including insulation and gas piping to your whole house generator. They are fully insured for both residential and commercial work. Call Barberry Plumbing at 477-8782 or look for Barberry Plumbing in the business white pages. Barberry Plumbing license number is RF11067749. Get ready to roll, Pensacola, because Cordova Mall Ball is back. January 20th, presented by Sandy Sansing Dealerships, with a portion of the proceeds benefiting Studer Family Children's Hospital Ascension Sacred Heart. Ages 21 and up, formal or crew attire required. Mardi Gras for all y'all rolls on with Cordova Mall Ball, January 20th, 8 p.m. to midnight. Get tickets at PensacolaMardiGras.com. Let's get to the points. MasterCard Reward Points from Pinair Credit Union. Open a new account today and you can earn 20,000 free reward points in the first 90 days. Use those points for travel, merchandise, even cash back. And with no hidden fees and no balance transfer fees, Pinair's Reward MasterCard fits you perfectly. Get started online at pinair.org slash credit cards. Subject to credit approval, terms and conditions may apply. Offer available on new accounts only. See website for details. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College for Boat Smart on the Pensacola Expert Panel this Friday at 10 a.m. Key Marine sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. Have a boating question for Stefan? Then give us a call at 437-1620. It's a dream team, so join them this Friday at 10 a.m. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Hong Kong Fui, number one super guy. News Radio 92.3. Good morning. It's cold and uh, got some more input on this whole business of the school closure I want to share with you in just a second in Escambia County because it's a very interesting subject. The more I think about it, the more intriguing it becomes. Jake's got traffic on the fives meanwhile. Jake? All right. Well, we're looking good out there. Not really seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report to you. I-10 at Avalon Boulevard, if you're merging onto Avalon Boulevard, the traffic lights are out from a power outage in that area, so treat that intersection as a four-way stop until crews can get that operating again and the power is back on. Um, Otherwise, uh, on Michigan Avenue eastbound, just past West Shore Drive, we have uh, the roadway blocked there from a vehicle crash with injuries. Uh, Crews are just now getting on the scene, so use caution on Michigan Avenue this morning. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. 437-1620 is our traffic tip line. This traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Call us today for all your commercial and premium landscaping needs. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? 
A group of senators are expected to release details this week of a border security deal that would be part of a massive international aid package. Some people aren't happy about it as it wouldn't stop the catch and release program. The Biden administration still has the freedom to release people into the interior using parole, then obviously we will not have addressed the problem. Texas Senator John Corrin, that plan reportedly would include the metering of asylum in exchange for more green cards and work permits. Uh, twice convicted killer Alex Murdoch will be back in the courtroom at the end of the month. Yeah, it was decided that he would be allowed a hearing to attempt to prove jury tampering took place in 2021 during the double murder trial of his wife and eldest son. And the Biden administration now putting the Yemen-based Iranian-backed Houthi rebels back on the list of terror organizations. Uh, an announcement is expected today that they're back on the uh, the list. If you keep throwing spitballs at us, we are going to keep sending haymakers your way. I mean, just stop, you know, but uh, uh, Iran's got a plan, I am sure. The question is, how does this fit into their overall plan? Because they wouldn't be doing it without that. David, thanks so much for the update. Um, I had said that I think it was a mistake to close the Escambia schools. I understand some of the reasons for it. Um, kids that may not have heat at home, kids that may not have warm clothes, poor kids. But if that's the case, and portables at school that may not have adequate heating, if that's the case, those kids need to be fed at school and they need to be in the warmth at school, right? That's a benefit of getting them to school. A lot of these kids don't have food at home. That's something we don't think about too much. Somebody else uh, made the point to me, and I don't know the truth about this, but what they said I thought was very interesting is uh, that they live up in the north end, and they knew the weather was coming, and it's colder, obviously, in that area. But the schools apparently told them that they couldn't just close the four schools up there. They'd have to close the whole district, not expecting the weather to affect in the south end. Uh, and most of the parents in the north end apparently kept their home, you know, the kids home anyway because of the cold. I would hope that is not the case. I do not know the law or the regulation if they have to close the whole district. I would hope that they could close just the ones that are affected. Then if that needs to change in Tallahassee, then that should be changed. Dependable traffic on the fives weekdays on News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.